On this edition of the Eric J. Richards Podcast, I sit down and talk with actor and comedian Will Martinez as we talk about comedy out in Los Angeles and much, much more. All that on the Eric J. Richards Podcast. The guy had no idea what movie I was referencing. He didn't even know what Blazing Saddles was. And after that, I was like, all right, we can't be friends. Go get her, Ray. And we know where that's from, right? That's from uh, the Flintstones movie with Holly Berry and John Goodman. And welcome to the Eric J. Richards podcast. Today with me, I have uh, actor, comedian, all around great gentleman, uh, he is the, well, the spectacular Will Martinez. What's going on? What's going on, Will? Long time What's no up, see. Man? How are you? Uh, you know me. I'm just trying to stay sane. Yeah, got to. Yeah. How about you? I can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, just been doing my thing, working, hustling, trying to get ahead. You know, same old. It's always so, been for a long time. So you're originally you're, well, you're from Chicago, but you're you're where in where now? I'm in Los Angeles now. You're in LA now, and you're hitting up the uh, you hitting up the clubs still, you, the comedy clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hang around all the clubs, hit the mics, do whatever I can to try try and uh, you know make a name slowly. Yeah, of course. And how has the pandemic uh, changed any of that? Has it changed any of that, or, or what what has it changed for you? Um, just changed work, changed the outlook on how to make money. Um, you know, closed down all the clubs, separated all of us for a while. And, uh, you kind of had to just push through, push forward, you know, do whatever you could to survive. Okay. And you know, a lot of comics were doing like, uh, was it zoom, zoom stuff, zoom shows, I guess. Were you taking any part of those or? What is your feeling about that? Those types of shows. Uh, I'm not a big fan. I did some Zoom stuff, but I'm not a real big fan. Um, so you know, I I would do some Zoom stuff, but then there was other stuff that was going on that I would do as well. Okay. Well, it, you know, you said you're not a big fan. Is that because like you couldn't like with comedies because you you feed off the energy, the vibe of the crowd, the audience, and you really can't do that with, with Zoom. No, you can't. I mean, you can, like, you know, I still had fun, but I just, it doesn't feel the same, so I don't like it. Okay. And then that's, you know? that's, that's fair. So, you know? you're, you're, where are you performing now out in LA? You're performing, I know those the, um, the, the belly room at, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? At the store, the comedy store. The comedy store, thank you. The comedy store and uh, a few other places, right? You've, you've done, you've hit up all those. Yeah, I've done a few places. Uh, I guess I'm going to be doing the HaHa on the 29th. Um, I just did some festival last weekend in the desert. Um, you know, just whatever I can get. I really don't, you know, I don't discriminate. As long as there's a crowd and a microphone, I'm down. And of course, that beeping that you hear in the background is the microwave of Chef Home, Home Boy RD, Will Martinez. Yeah, that's uh, 
They texted you the stove, letting me know that the five minutes oh. were up on the steak. Oh, the stove. Okay. Yeah. And what are we what are we having? Uh, steak, rice, a little bit of corn, and some asparagus. Oh, oh, the healthy stuff. Okay. Yeah, I don't try to eat bad food. I'm trying to eat healthy. Okay. I now, what like. what is like your specialty type food that you that you cook? Do you have a specialty food that you cook that you're proud of that you could show it off to people? Mm, not really. I'm really good at sandwiches. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? If you want to impress people, sandwiches is not bad. I mean, yeah. you know, like, you know, like for me, like I make, I make a uh, uh, deep dish pizza. Uh, being from Chicago, I make Italian beef. Uh, you know, I, I got some stuff in my, uh, arsenal that if you know i wanted to press a girl girl or something um i cook that and you know you know it's over for sure yeah no i mean i'm not i'm not uh i'm not too much of a super cook but i do like to cook okay is that so that's that's one of if you could learn how to cook something what would you want to cook no everything Everything? Yeah, man. I mean, if I could be like a, a really good chef, you know, I would. I would be totally down to learn how to. I would learn how to be a chef, I guess. I mean, I love cooking. I love to eat. I like to make my own food. I really don't like to eat out, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I just, you never know what's going in your body. Mm -hmm. So. I rather just cook my own food and uh, you know try and be healthy. Now, uh, being from Chicago, what type of uh, uh, food did your your mom or your dad uh, uh, used to cook for you? That that's your favorite thing that they used to cook growing up. Um, I'm Cuban and Venezuelan, so my mom would make arepas because she's from Venezuela, and arepas are like a Venezuelan dish. We'd always cook them and cachapas, which is another dish. Um, I love deep dish pizza. So Lou Malnati's is always my go-to. But they were not <laughs> cook that. Um, oh, I like steak. Steak is my jam. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, who doesn't like it? Do you like yours bloody or, or, or not so much? Bloody. Bloody? Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. That's always a good thing. Um, let's see. You, you mentioned that you're, you, you know, you're Hispanic, obviously, with your last name and all. Um, how, for those who haven't heard uh, your comedy, uh, and I'll ask you to plug it in a few minutes. Um, for those who haven't heard it, um, you you tend to put a not you don't overemphasize. Uh, uh, your heritage but at the same time i mean you, you're proud of it and, and you you do put a lot in it like unlike me like when i do my comedy i don't talk about me being indian or anything i just do observational stuff I, how would you uh describe your type of comedy for those who haven't heard it um basically it's just about me and i mean i, I talk a lot about race or mine you know and growing up and how it was you know, my, my perspective of, my, of me growing up as a Latin kid in Chicago, first generation. You know? Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, look, being first generation of anything is, is always something to be proud of and, and to to make your because you obviously want to make your parents uh, uh, proud and everything. Right. Yeah. All day. Can't tell mama. <laughs> so um, I know I'm bouncing all around. Um, just that's just how I do it. Um, but so you're from you, you moved out to L.A. Was it a, a five, six years ago? It seems like. Maybe longer? Uh, uh, I think like 2016. Yeah, so about five years ago. Okay. Yeah, damn, going on five. <laughs> Time flies by, huh? Yeah, it does. Now, you're also an actor. Um, and I, I have you done any of that out in L.A.? I mean, obviously people do nah, Not really. I haven't really pursued it. I just, I'm, I'm too in love with comedy. Okay. Like, I have an agent out here. Represented with uh, Cabrera Talent, but I haven't really tried to focus on that just because I don't know. I love comedy, man. I just I I don't really care about acting as much as I do being on stage telling jokes. Okay, so that's more your okay passion. But I mean, but you enjoy acting. It's just that you more more career oriented towards the stand up side. Okay. Yeah, right now I'm just focusing on killing it on comedy. Okay. Um, now, if you could perform anywhere out in L.A., what would be your dream venue? Main room at the Comedy Store with my Main own room. show. Okay. Yeah. And who would, uh, who would uh, uh, open for you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because, I mean, you know, you've got, I, I've met some of your, your friends, um, out there and you he's you know you've opened for uh, for him and everything um but i mean who would you know the scene better than i do out out in la uh, so i mean who i i've i've been out there a couple of times to perform but i mean who would you want to you, you you would know who you vibe with more you um but you have no idea who you would want to open for you no man um I wouldn't want to have somebody open for me who's already made it, in a sense. I would want to give somebody who hasn't made it and needs the opportunity and is funny and is kind of like the underdog, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. I would love to give somebody who doesn't have that big name or anything yet or hasn't had that acknowledgement and give them the opportunity because this game is a lot about helping your fellow comic out. You know, you, you establish these relationships and these friendships and you see a lot of comics that help other comics on the way up. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And that, that's generally how like it should be. I, I think, you know, out in Chicago, it was the same way. Um, out in LA, I, when I was there, yeah, same way. Um, there are different cities, I guess that are different, but I mean, you can, I feel like you can't, um, can't be successful as a scene unless you know you you work as a team. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 a team effort. You know, everybody. You got to be cool with everybody. You can't be uh, an a hole. You know, you you got to be understand that everybody hears your coworker and be friends. Don't take advantage of people. Don't be, you know. Don't, 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 don't only think about yourself. 
you know, always understand that there's somebody out there that could use help. And, you know, and the way that you treat others, karma always comes back. So try and be good. That is, that is so true. I mean, the, the old saying is, um, you know, everybody you meet up, you meet down. So, you know, you burn bridges. How are you going to get around? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else are you doing other than comedy? I mean, you said uh, you've got other work going on. Yeah, I do real estate. Okay. I do, I do real estate. Me and my family have been involved in real estate. I'm a real estate agent out here. I show houses. Um, I mean, it's cool. I love it. You know, and I'm always going to do real estate, even, you know, if I'm acting or whatever, I'm always going to have some form of capacity involved in real estate. And you're, you're in the LA area or, or what area? Yeah. yeah I'm in okay. LA. Well, I mean, talking about like what areas do you represent? Like I can represent all of California because I'm licensed in California, but I tend to stay in LA, uh, like the Valley, LA, LA, downtown LA, you know, like, uh, or St. Gabriel Valley. I can go, I go out too often as well. Uh, the OC, just anywhere that's in the immediate innocence area of, uh, Los Angeles, you know, I've traveled a hundred miles out the way to help people. Now, let me ask you this in regards to the, the real estate, uh, is, um, with this whole, um, was it eviction moratorium, uh, take, taking one more, it, it, it being extended, um, and the administration just saying that uh, they plan to extend it this one last time after that, the moratorium is going to end. How is that going to, in your opinion, since you know the market more than I would, how would that affect people out in LA? I mean, uh, with, with, with this pandemic, it, you know, um, People are already feeling the effects, um, but you know, with the moratorium ending, how 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 is that going to affect? Um, man, it, it it all depends. It, it you know, it all depends. Um, it could have a negative impact due to the fact that you know maybe for rentals, and if the rental everything rolls downhill. So let's say that these apartments, you know, if if a renter can't pay their rent then the landlord can't pay their rent or their mortgage and, you know, evictions could follow suit. Um, same thing with homeowners. Um, it all depends. I mean, hopefully we find some way to keep everybody above water, but you know, that may not be the case. You know, I, you, you never know, but it's, uh, you know, if, if you have uh, an income producing property and you rely upon, you know, your tenants, to pay rent and you don't have reserves like, you know, reserve funds for a rainy day, um, then, you know, you may be SOL because you can't pay the mortgage and you go into foreclosure, you lose the bank. I mean, that could lead to another recession. We never know, you know, you never know. I don't, I don't want to say anything in a negative. I wouldn't hope that it wouldn't come to that, but you know, it happened in 2011, you know, with, uh, with those crazy mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. When the economy crashed, um, in 08 and, and yeah, it was just horrible. Um, and hopefully we we've learned the lessons, but you know, uh, at the same time, the same people 
uh, who are responsible are also the ones who are currently empowered. So, yes. you, know, you know, take take for that as you will. Um, but yeah, 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 it's just uh, you know, you don't know, you don't know how many people are behind on rent and how far they are behind on rent, and then what these financial institutions. Um, what agreements they could come to, you know, there has to be, you know, let's say, how long have we been in this, uh, situation, you know, over 300 days. So that's a year, right. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but you know, so if you're unable to pay your rent for 12 months or your mortgage for 12 months, you know, you're clearly in default, but if the government and the financial institutions can come to an agreement of, hey, maybe it's just three months that you have to pay and then you're back to where you were before, you know, or like, you know, you're all caught up. There mm-hmm. won't be any penalties. Some form of relief, you know, because I, I, I don't know. Everybody's a unique story. I mean, you know, when I uh, when the uh, what do you call it? When the pandemic hit, I was working some whatever nine to five job. And then I had quit it because I was putting together a comedy show. And then, like I said, the pandemic hit. Everything shut down. After they completely closed down in L.A., I have reserves. You know, I'm, I'm very good in a sense, you know, watching my money. So I had reserves. I just flew back to Chicago and I was like, OK, well, I can pay my rent from over there. I'll have some work with my family. So I have some income coming in and then I'll just pay my rent as opposed to if I would have stayed out here trying to survive the whole time, then I'd have additional expenses like food, gas, you know, my car, uh, getting to place to place, having to find toilet paper, you know, having to find these things that, you know, are a convenience, but at that point we're very scarce. So I just, uh, you know, I, I took the initiative, went home, worked with my family. And uh, then when, you know, things started to ease up a bit, I decided to, you know, find a job over here with, you know, I, you know, with the real estate thing, I was like, okay, let's figure something else out. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, I have to survive. So you mm-hmm. have to and overcome. And then I found the job and, you know, I came back and I've been working ever since. But some people don't have that same fortune, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I feel for them. And luckily, you know, I, I thank God and I, I, you know, I'm very thankful that I'm blessed because I do have these alternatives that I can fall back on, you know, and I was able to fall back on and stay above water. But it's, you know, I don't know how everybody else is doing and they're kind of scares me for them and their families and everything. And then also the economy. But I mean, that's about it, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I think we're all fortunate to have what we have and be where we are. And I'm, you know, some people aren't as fortunate, Um, but in regards to, and you sort of mentioned this earlier, and obviously you don't have a crystal ball ball, um, I just have a magic eight ball that keeps telling me to ask again later. Um, but the, the, in regards to the market, um, you it, obviously it's hard to predict, but um, 
with do you suspect, expect it to be a buyer's market um, or a seller's market in the next, I don't know, three, four months? Oh, it's still a seller's market. Right now, in L.A., at least, it's completely a seller's market. Okay. People are offering, you know, above asking at, you know, crazy amounts over asking. And then they're also offering no contingencies, uh, which means that they forego an inspection or if it doesn't appraise at the price with the bank that they'll come out of pocket and, you know, pay what the difference is and then also have to pay for their, um, you know, for their down payment. Um, just, you know, it's, it's crazy, crazy how I'm seeing that. And, you know, like usually when I make investments, you know, I make investments that are the best for me and that I know I'm going to benefit. So, but if you are offering a hundred thousand over asking with no contingency, and then it comes back that your roof is messed up or this is messed up or whatever's messed up and you still have to purchase it. And then the appraisal didn't even come in at the price you have to come out of pocket on top of that, you're just kind of setting yourself up already at the beginning at a loss. You know, you're just hoping that the market is going to continue to rise exponentially. And that may not be the case. So, you know, whenever I do anything like that, make an investment, I always make sure that I'm on top, you know, or a little bit, you know, I don't ever try and take advantage of anybody, but I don't want to be the one taking advantage of. I like straightforward, honest, you know, deals where, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm winning and you're winning too. And let's do this the right way, but I don't want to be losing right out the gate and have to wait five or 10 years for, you know, what I thought, you know, what I paid for it to be that, you know? No, I, I understand. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, the reason is the reason that it's a buyer's market. Is it because no, it's a seller's uh, market. I'm sorry, sell this market. I'm sorry. Um, is that is that because of the interest rates uh, being so low, or no? It has to probably deal with. Um, there's what's called a low inventory, so not as many people, at least in California right now, not as many people are selling their houses. So there's a you know short of uh, shortage of homes for sale, and you know, and, and, and a large amount of buyers. So you have all this competition of, you know, let's say there's uh, two houses in one town, but you have 15 people or families who want to buy it. You know, they're all going to go above and beyond because they want a home and they're just, they've been tired of looking because there's, there's nothing, you know, popping up. Nobody's really selling these houses as much. So because of that low inventory, and then, you know, and an excess of buyers, people come in offering exorbitant amounts where they're just like, hey, I just I just want it. I just want this to be done. I've been looking for six months. I don't care. I just want to move into a house. And that's kind of what they're doing. OK. Um, now, what what's the do you have any like crazy showing stories like stories that, you know, have to do with you showing houses? that are like crazy um nothing really crazy i mean yeah i've walked into when i was looking to buy a place out here i uh i actually i was looking at a place in uh in compton or that area of south la because you know i don't i don't mind underprivileged areas and you know like, I, I don't like as long as it's a good house and the area is, you know, cool, 
I can live with that or wherever. But I actually was going into what was a home. And it's always better to buy a home better than a townhouse or a condo or whatever, because you own the land, you don't have to deal with an HOA. But when I was, uh, you know, going to this house, like I walk in and there was a bunch of little like hoodlum kids in there. You know, it was young kids. I think they were selling weed out the house or something like that. Because right as I walked in, you know, they were all scared, smelled like weed. And, you know, I had to like sit and level with them and be like, yo, guys, like I'm not one of those people that's going to give you an issue or I'm not going to call the cops on you. But, you know, the next real estate agent or person that comes in here may not feel the same way. And uh, I just suggested you guys get out. But it was like, you know, I you had to think twice because you never know in a situation like that. These are kids, you know, who clearly don't have someplace to stay. They're trapping out of the house and throwing parties. And then you're coming in there, you know, um, in a sense, scaring them, you know, intim- not intimidating, but like you're a threat, you know, to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you could get them in trouble. So, like, it could have turned out they could have had a gun, could have a knife, could have jumped me. Mm-hmm. But I was able to, you know, talk and reason with them and be like, hey, guys, listen, like, I'm not calling the cops on you, but I suggest you get out of here. Because if another agent does come here and sees you guys here and finds out, you know, how you got in, because I see that the back door is broken. You know, you guys broke the window to get in. Oh, you know, you're doing all this stuff that's illegal the next person might not take sympathy on you and will call the police and that can destroy the rest of your life, you know? And I, I'd rather take it in the kind of way and try and teach somebody than just do something that I know can hurt them. Cause like I grew up around people like that, you know, like, like I, I know I grew up around the bad kids and the good kids. And, you know, a lot of the bad kids do bad stuff just because they don't have opportunities and don't have guidance. So, you know, if I can help, I'd rather take the, the the kind route than just like, oh, let me call the police. You know, let me lock you up. Let me get you in trouble. Nah, man, let's let's talk about it first. Let's see what the issue is. And if I could help you so that you don't have to do something that's going to affect you for the rest of your life. Like if you get a felony, you can't vote. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, you get, your life is like taken away from you. In a sense. Yeah. So you can't get a normal job. So I'd rather prevent doing something that would be detrimental to the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather help them than like not. But it was it was it was kind of wild, man, because you go in there, you know, it's at night. You don't know what the outcome will be. It was, it was pretty crazy to like walk in and these kids are in there and you're like, oh, man. You know. So, so you were more. No, go ahead. But luckily, nothing bad happened. Yeah, I was gonna gonna say, you know, you sound like more of a motivational speaker. Have you ever thought about doing that? Um, not really. No, but I mean, you know, I always thought about it, but like I just, you know, like later on in life, like through comedy and, and getting and acting and stuff, you in a sense get a position of power in society where your words have power to them. And like, if I made it, 
or when I make it, you know, let's think positive. Um, I would like to be the voice of, of, you know, like uh, helping people, you know, the voice of positivity. I just like, you always hear negative, negative, negative. I'd like to be a person that makes a change for the positive in people's lives and tries to help, you know, kids in the hood, you know, or, or, or kids who don't have any opportunity. You know, I would like to be able to try and help people, you know, come up in this world. Cause like my parents were immigrants, you know, my parents were real poor and, and, and my mom was in Venezuela and she's told me stories and I've been to my cousin's homes where it made me one, not be so naive and close-minded, you know, like I see many, I don't want to be offensive, but many Americans, like many Americans don't understand how fortunate we are. Like even with us getting these vaccines and I know not everybody's for them, um, but the simple fact that we can get a vaccine for free is a blessing because there's so many other places in this world where that isn't the case, you know, where, Mm -hmm. where, you know, they don't have the same rights as we do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like that. I like like to do whatever I can to help. Like I want to make a positive impact in the world. Mm -hmm. So is that what sort of made you, go into comedy was like you wanted to tell your story but through through comedy and making you know make turning it into telling your story telling jokes and and sort of inspire people yeah i mean i've always been like a goofball everybody throughout high school and like even grade school would always tell me like, you know, you're funny, you're funny, you're funny. They wanted me in the comedy troupe in high school. Then I studied acting in college and they were like, yo, you should look into comedy, you know? And then at second city, when I was doing that for a little bit, they were, it was always positive, but I just, I never continued because I was always like cheap and thinking about money. You know, and those classes are expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at certain times I wouldn't have the money to pay for them, but I just I keep pushing, and try to move forward. And did you ever think about uh, going back into uh, uh, or doing a troop and all that? Because I know there's like a lot of like groups out. Yeah, there. I've, I've thought about it. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I you know I never turn it down. You know, I, I like uh, I like Groundlings. I hear that Groundlings does characters, and I'm you know I'm good at impressions and imitations and different characters, and that's something that's always appealed to me. So it's it's a consideration that I have, and when everything gets back to normal, I'm uh, I'm definitely considering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of you know of them out there. As you Groundlings um, was the Upright Citizens Brigade. I think. Yeah, UCB, but I think UCB just closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's UCB, Groundlings, and Second City out here. Well, okay. Well, first of all, it sucks to hear about the UBC. Um, yeah, I mean, everything has, like, the, the pandemic has affected. It's affected yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, well, um, Jeez, time flies by. Um, all right, I'm going to let you enjoy your steak. Uh, I appreciate you coming up on here, man. 
Um, for sure, brother. Keeping I um, real quick, you said you're performing where again? Your next show? I'm going to be at Ha Ha Comedy Club that's in North Hollywood. Um, it's off of Lancashire. Um, you know, great family owns it. Uh, Jack Asadorian Sr., Jack Jr., and Terry, uh, the, you know, the wife slash mom. They're good family. I'm going to be doing the 29th there. And then I think I had some other stuff lined up. I just forget. But I mean, I know I'm doing that one for sure. And then um, they can fo- follow you on was it Twitter? Uh, was it Will Be Funny? Yeah, at Will Be Funny. That's all my IGs or all my social medias. Will the so, letter B? Will so so if you want to stalk him uh, or follow him or whatever, um, <laughs> Will Be Funny on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the other kids, yeah. are, TikTok, whatever the other kids are doing nowadays yeah yeah you can find me on all social medias all right well best of luck in all those shows um i wish the i wish they could live stream it so uh you know i could see it because like i said uh i've booked you before i've seen uh, you and you've been hilarious you've always uh tear down the house uh when you were doing you. killer comedy stuff um thank you appreciate it you know i just wish uh we they could live stream it you know but oh well but if yeah. you're out if you're out in la see will um and follow him on social media um anything else you want to add well no thank you eric man you always been you always been a good friend i always you know got your back so this was a pleasure to do this with you once again thank you to will martinez for being part of this abbreviated edition of the eric j richards podcast if you are in the la area and looking for a real estate agent please reach out to will he could be reached at martinez group real estate at gmail.com once again that's martinez group real estate at gmail.com uh, i'm eric j richards and always uh please try to stay sane in this crazy world Thanks for listening.